Welcome to the Erie First Podcast. We have a special bonus podcast for you today. This past fall, we hosted our Breakthrough Weekend Conference, and it featured some great speakers sharing wisdom on finding your spiritual breakthrough. Today, we wanted to share a keynote session from Pastor Abby Sear. She leads the Network for Women in Ministry in Northern New England, and also planted in Co-Pastors Life Church in New Hampshire with her husband, Joe. Abby is sharing a session called New Song, and it has great insight that we wanted to share with you. So here's Pastor Abby Sear. I am so excited to be here. Are you guys already feeling like God is doing something new? I am just really thrilled to be sharing with you tonight about the new song that God has for us. When you think about songs, you can probably think back over your own life and acknowledge that you have kind of a soundtrack that runs over your life. There are memories that that you hold that are attached to songs that were sung in that time or in that period. There's emotions that are carried along with songs, events or even people that come to mind. I wanna introduce you to my family and uh, we definitely have like some, some soundtracks running through our family. So when I think about my husband, Joe, I remember over 25 years ago when we got married and I, I sang to him. I know, it's, it's beautiful, right? And um, it was something like, he's dazzling and ruddy, fairest of 10,000 to me. It was like Song of Solomon. I don't know if that's theologically correct to be doing, but we thought that it was beautiful at the time. And then, as you can see, we have a lot of children. So then our theme song became, I think we're alone now, right? Because that was like a miracle when that would happen. Anybody remember? I think we're alone. I think, was that 80s? Any of my 80s people out here, right? Um, and then running just as fast as we can, holding on to one another's hands. Yeah, it's like, it just, it takes us right back there. But even as I look at each of my kids, our oldest daughter, who's in there, one from the left, Adalia, I still remember teaching her some of the songs that I learned growing up. And we still even will share those memories, like who made the twinkling stars? I mean, she doesn't like really want to do it in public with me now anymore, because it's a little bit awkward, but our Father God. But um, thinking about Gideon, our, that's our, our tall, our oldest son there, and um, something really cute that happened the other day that I think he accidentally did um, on his social media, he like shared, it was like in his story, that he was listening to scripture lullabies. Is that the cutest? And I was like, I totally like hearted it. And I was like, that's the best because like I've shared those scripture lullabies with him. And he was like, mom, I did not mean for that to get out. But um, he's tender hearted and he has those scripture lullabies. But even I think about Chloe, um, who's there in those, in those bright pants. And um, I can still remember when I gave birth to her, we were listening to the soundtrack of Autumn in New England, right? And she's actually out in Minnesota now, but I'm like, she has that piece of New England it happened even at her birth. But for each of my kids, there are these soundtracks that are associated. There are songs that have been meaningful, songs that have been beautiful. And I'm sure that when you guys think over your own lives, you can think about songs that really kind of set the tone or songs that were even an expression of where you were at in that space or in that time. When we look at the children of Israel, they had a soundtrack over over their journey and over their history and over their walk with God. There was music that marked their sacred events, uh, music that was passed down from generation to generation. They had songs for their journeys and their pilgrimages. They had songs for their times of mourning. Um, There were victory songs. There were battle songs, songs of deliverance. There were dirges and lamentations. 
There were prophetic songs that were birthed at times of deliverance. And then when we move into the New Testament, we can see that songs are also a really important part of the early church. That the early church, they had psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that really set a tone and even marked a time in their life and in their history. And so when we think about our own lives today, as dearly loved children of the Father, who are redeemed by the Son and who are filled with the Spirit, we have been given anthems to sing. There are melodies and lyrics that overflow from our souls, and they quicken our spirits. Anybody, you felt that quickening when we were worshiping together tonight, that quickens our spirits, it encourages others, and it testifies to the goodness of God. And so today we're going to explore this invitation to sing a new song, and we're going to hang out in Psalm 40. How many of you guys, you like the Psalms? I love the Psalms because I feel like they're just, they're super raw, and they are such an expression of, of really humankind and our heart and our connection with God. So we're going to hang out in Psalm 40, and Psalm 40 is the sequel to Psalm 39. I know that's a shock. But like, you know, because 40 comes after 39. But we have David in Psalm 39, and he is like crying out to God. He's like, hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears. And David is in this spot where he is actually experiencing some discipline from the Lord. He's sick. He has some enemy issues. And so he is at this place where he is desperate, and he's ready for a new psalm by the time we are moving over into Psalm 40. Like, he needs this new. Anybody you've ever felt in that place where you're like, you're tired of the soundtrack that you have had and you are ready for something new. You're just like, I'm sick of this song that's on repeat. I'm ready to fast forward. I'm ready to get to what God has for me. I think that that's what's brought us here this weekend is that we're ready for something new. We're ready for a new song. We're ready for a fresh encounter with God. And music often ushers in this fresh expression in our relationship with God, and it also ushers in God's presence in this way that now we can have a fresh encounter with him. And so David is ready for a new song by the time we're in Psalm 40, and God graciously gives him this new song to sing, and it's this honest song, it's a timely song, and it's a God-honoring expression of worship. And so we're going to engage in that substance for a bit tonight, and what we're going to do is we're going we're to actually look at, look at three pieces of this psalm that I think are going to be helpful for us as we are crying out and we're asking God for a new song that this is going to help us kind of give us the template of what it is that we're going for, what it is that we're asking for. So we're going to look at the substance, the source, and the significance. Anybody here, you're a fan of alliteration. I've just made your night complete, right? Substance, source, and significance. So the first thing that we're going to explore is what is the substance of this song? What is the substance of this new song that David has? And I want to suggest to you that it's twofold. It's praise and lament, Praise and lament. So when we start off in this song, it goes like this. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song. Somebody say that with me tonight. A new song to sing, a hymn of praise to 
our God. And so we can hear this praise kind of bubbling up, coming, coming through David's experience, that David is thanking God. He's like, I'm not in that place where I used to be. And there is salvation and there is deliverance. He's been lifted out of this pit of despair and of destruction. God has heard David and David has been rescued. He's been steadied. How many of you guys would say, God has steadied you, right? Like things have felt kind of unstable. Things have felt kind of shifty. And yet God can bring us to that place of stability. This was David's testimony. This was what he was praising God for. So he has this new expression of praise. As he goes on, um, skipping down to verse five, Lord, oh Lord, my God, you have performed many wonders for us. Your plans are too numerous to list. You have no equal. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. Like this is the kind of praise that's welling up in him. He is realizing that God is, 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 has no equal. Like, he is incomparable. Reminds me of that song, right? You have no rival. I don't really sing, so you guys have to help me when I start to sing so that then it feels like we're doing something really great. Thank you. Now and forever, God, you reign, right? And it's this expression I love. Whenever I sing that song, I feel like it puts everything else back in its place where it belongs, which is like here and Jesus is here. Right? And so David is doing this. He's uplifting who God is. He's celebrating the rescue that God has given him, lifting him out of this pit, setting his feet in this solid praise. So, this new song, when we think about the new song that God wants to give us, praise is central. Praise is the substance, declaring the goodness of God, declaring that there is no one like him. But what's interesting is that if we really want to grab hold of the substance of this new song, we have to actually go a little further. Now, when I was actually kind of engaging with this psalm, I thought, oh, I want to hear some of the musical versions that are out there. So, you know, I'm like on Google and YouTube and whatever, and I'm like, hey, Psalm 40, put to music. And what was really interesting is that most of the musicians who have recorded some kind of a, um, an expression of this psalm, they really stay within the first 10 verses. Because that's where the praise is. And let's be honest, that's kind of exciting, right? You got me out of the pit, my feet are on solid ground, like let's go, right? But then when we move to the second half of the psalm, not a lot of people are including that. And I was like, hmm, what's that all about? And it's because that second half, instead of necessarily being a psalm of thanksgiving, it's a psalm of lament. It's a psalm where there is still kind of this grief and this yearning and this pleading that David is experiencing. If we look at verses 12 and 13, which are in the latter part of that song, we read, for troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. Then they outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. Well, you can imagine, that would be kind of weird in a song, right? Like, my sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out, right? Like, it just, it doesn't have the same ring as like, you set my feet upon a rock. Like, it just, it just doesn't. It can be hard for us to kind of feel that tension, but yet God invites us into that tension by working through the Holy Spirit for David to pen this song. It's an invitation for us to understand all of the dynamics to this new song that God wants 
to give us. Because if we were actually to study the other Psalms, we'd recognize that this movement from this thanksgiving and praise to lamentation, this mourning, moaning, grieving, yearning, that it's not unique, it's actually quite normative. And so we have David, who while he is praising God for his recent victory, he's also confessing his need for present rescue. So when we think about the new song that God wants to, God wants to birth through us, that needs to be expressed through our lives, we are, yes, we are praising him for those recent victories, but we are also in a safe place to lament with him where we need his present rescue. And so while there's this praise that's the substance, there is also this tension of lament that is there. We're praising God and verbalizing his faithfulness in the past, and yet we are also awaiting another rescue. Anybody else, you're familiar with that tension. You know that tension. It's so interesting if you look at this psalm, the opening lines and then the closing lines, and I think that this perfectly like illustrates this tension. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry, right? Those were the first verses. Now we go to the, the closing lines, um, and I'll even back up a little bit more. As for me, since I'm poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts, and then you are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay. So I love this because he starts out by being like, I was really patient, and you showed up, and you heard me, and you helped me, and then at the end it's like, and by the way, could you hurry it up right now? Like, don't delay. And this is the kind of complexity that we're invited into in our relationship with the Lord, this already and not yet, that there is victory that was, there is victory that is, and there is victory that still is to come. And our song must carry on through it all. As I was thinking about this tension, right, between the I'm praising God for his goodness I'm asking him to still rescue me right now. I'm saying, thank you. I waited so patiently you showed up. And then I'm also like, okay, hurry up already now. There's this tension. You guys, do you know what happens when something's under a lot of tension? What happens? It breaks. It breaks. And this is breakthrough weekend. <laughs> when we feel that tension between the what he has done and how good he is and what still needs to be done. In that tension, when we are willing to bring our song to come into his presence, there is a breaking that happens. There is something that happens on the inside of us where we are made new, where we are strengthened by his presence, by his goodness, by the truth that our God is faithful. I love this tension that we feel in this psalm, because again, this tension leads to breakthrough. David's like, I'm in a pit of despair, but you lift me up and give me hope. I have troubles and sin piling up, but your mercy and your love preserve me. I'm poor and I'm needy, but you are my helper and my savior. And again, this tension sets us up for breakthrough. I think about Paul and Silas, a great example in the, in the early church. They experienced literal breakthrough as they worshiped. Um, they, were, um, they were imprisoned for the sake of the gospel. If you're familiar with this story, it's in Acts chapter 16. And we, real, re, we read that while they were imprisoned, around midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing hymns to God. 
and the other prisoners were listening. Guys, I imagine they're praying, they're singing hymns, they're probably leading into the Psalms. I'm thinking if I was in prison, I might be picking some of those lament songs as like my soundtrack. Those are probably what would be resonating with my soul and yet also woven in that praise, acknowledging God, you are good and you are faithful. And in this space where they are singing and praying and the other prisoners are listening, we read that suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Breakthrough, not just for them, but for those that were listening. And Paul and Silas, they chose to stay put and to lead the warden and his family to Christ. Like breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And I think about even these two stories. We have David who, he's writing his psalm and he's in this place of desperation. He's reflecting on God's rescue. And, and David had, had made some poor choices that had gotten him into that, into that spot where he was crying out for a new song. But then we also have this example where Paul and Silas, they were doing the right thing and it was actually, they were in their rough spot because of their obedience. How faithful is God that no matter how we've ended up in the place of struggle that we're in, whether it's because of our disobedience or our obedience, he will meet us in that space with his grace and with his goodness, birthing within us a new song and giving us breakthrough. The substance of our new song is both praise and lament. And in that tension as we sing, I believe the spirit will bring a breakthrough. Who is the source of our new song? The source of our new song. David makes it really clear. It is God himself. This is super encouraging for those of you who are like, I am not musical. I don't even know about a new song. Like, I'm trying. I'm trying here. Like, but I'm being stretched. Like, this is so incredible to know that it's God who actually plants the new song within us. We just have to be willing and surrender to be obedient to begin to voice it as he plants it within us. I think about when my kids were little and how I would tell them like, you know, say thank you, right? I'm prompting them. I'm kind of putting the words in their mouth. And, and in, in this scripture, when David says in, in Psalm 40, verse three, he, he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. This can literally be translated, he has put a new song in my mouth. We just have to have mouths that are open. We have to be positioned in that place because God in his mercy is going to give us what it is that we need to sing. Paul gives some great instructions to the early church in Ephesus. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms, uh, songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. And so here he's kind of giving this, this um, I think, kind of a, a, a paradigm, an understanding, an invitation for us to know how to allow God to source our song, to source our new song. And the first thing that we see is that God sources our songs as we sing in the Spirit, as we sing in the Spirit. Um, Paul, when he was writing to the church of Corinth, he said, I will sing in the Spirit. I will also sing in words I understand. And so as we are asking the Lord for a new song and we're asking him to source us with a new song, we need to be people who are walking in the Spirit, who are asking the Lord to fill us with his Spirit, and then who are even willing to sing in the Spirit. Something is unleashed and something is birthed 
when we are not worshiping from this space, but we are worshiping from within and we are allowing the Holy Spirit to, 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 uh, to bring our spirit into alignment um, with God and with his purposes. We also see that God sources our new song as we sing in community as we sing in community. And it was such a beautiful expression when we started tonight that you could feel that, that there is something that God is going to do with us together that's different than what would have happened if we had all stayed home and we were doing our own thing separately. Like God does something, he, he brings forth a new sound in community. And so, you know, when Paul is addressing the church, he's addressing this this community. And so when you think about the new song that God has for you, it may be birthed in you. It might be in your own, in your own time with Jesus. But I think even more often it comes in the space where we are together, where we are together. When we look through scripture, we can see that even as God would speak through one person or birth a song through one person, others would join in the chorus. We think about Miriam and she sang, the others joined in. David, these psalms that he wrote, these were meant for, for communal worship, for a collective experience. Songs are birthed for communities, for seasons, and for cities. In the book of Isaiah, I love this because I feel like, what's that called when people used to like show up at the mall and one person would like jump up and start singing? Flash mob, right? I almost picture this like this is like the original flash mob, all right? So follow this with me. Okay, um, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praises from the ends of the earth. And I feel like that's like the first person getting up in the flash mob, right? And then it's like, sing all of you who sail the seas. And then we see like, all the sea sailors. They're like, oh man, remember I told you when I have epiphanies about words? Sailor, a sailor is a sailor. Never mind. Okay. Um, they sail the seas. This is, I know, this is breakthrough weekend, you guys. That's my big takeaway. But then it moves out. All of you who live in the distant coastlands, join the course, you desert towns. Like, you're not to be forgotten. Let the villages of Cater rejoice. Let the people of Salah sing for joy. Shout praises from the mountaintops. Let the whole world glorify the Lord. Let it sing his praise. So you can see how when this new song is birthed, all of a sudden there is invitation that extends and extends and extends and extends. And together as the body, we are singing a new song to the Lord. When we're asking God to source us with a new song, we literally can do it that simply. We can ask him to give us a new song. When Pastor Nicole shared with me and she said, hey, you know, one of the topics that I want you to share on is, is a new song. And I literally was just like, man, it felt really personal to me. It felt so personal to me because eight years ago, in a span of a month, um, I lost my mom and we gained um, our two boys um, through adoption. And um, in that season, it was a hard season. It was a season of grief. It was a season of adjustment. It was a season where I literally was like trying to find my footing. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me like, Abby, ask me for a new song. It's a song that will, it's a song that will carry you through. And so I began asking the Lord for a new song. And can I tell you guys, he has been faithful for eight years, which I would say these eight years have probably still been what I would characterize as the hardest season of my life. And the Holy Spirit will wake me up 
with a new song. Sometimes it's a song that's like from childhood and I wake up and I'm like, I should ask my dad, like where did I ever learn that song? Or sometimes it's a, it's a brand new song or it's a melody that the Holy Spirit's dropping within my heart. Um, sometimes it's, it's something where I literally will, I'll go and Google it because I'll be like, where did I even hear that song? Because I'll kind of wake up with it at first when I'm first stirring and then after I've hit the alarm a few times, I'm like, what was the song? What's the song you have for me today, Lord? But can I just tell you, God is so, he is so personal with us and he wants to give each of us a new song each day to carry us through. He sets the soundtrack for our lives, reminding us of his goodness and his grace. And then the last thing that I want to hit on briefly, what is the significance of our new song? So we've talked about the substance. It's the praise and lament. We've talked about the source, that it's God himself who sources our song. But the significance of our new song is that it's for others. It's not just for us. Even as we're thinking it to that Paul and Silas example, right? Like those songs were for those prisoners that needed the freedom and the breakthrough that only Jesus could bring. And we see David's example that his new song wasn't just for him. It was meant for others. His struggle, his victory, his miracles, and his testimony of that. And then even the rawness and his lament, that was meant for others to, to latch hold of and to be able to see and experience the goodness and the grace of God. In Psalm 40, verse 3, again, we keep circling back to the same thing, but he's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. But then it goes on to say, many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in the Lord. When we are obedient to be singing that new song, people are going to see, they're going to be amazed, and they're going to put their trust in the Lord. This is why it's so important that we are allowing this new song to flow forth. In verses 9 and 10, David goes on to say, I have told all your people about your justice. I've not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Our new song is not meant just to carry us through, but our new song is meant to carry others toward Christ. What is the new song that he's desiring to birth through you? Colossians 3.16 says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And now at this point, this is where I would think we're with all wisdom through a really great sermon. But that's not what it says. We are actually to be teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Like songs and worship, they are not meant to be an afterthought in the life of the church, but they are meant to be a conduit of God's wisdom and instruction that we are teaching and admonishing each other through song. And it makes sense when we think back to the fact that each of us have a soundtrack for our lives. And God desires to be central in that soundtrack. And so we need to be used in the lives of one another to be teaching and admonishing one another through song, sharing song with one another, singing songs with one another, letting our lives be a new song. 
Something that I think is really cool when we look, as we're thinking about breakthrough, and um, if the worship team wants to come on up, um, but as we're thinking about breakthrough, and we look within Scripture, the first song that's recorded is in Exodus 15. The last song that's recorded is over here in Revelation 15. And, and these songs in Scripture, they focus on God's redemptive power to deliver people out of slavery and into the promises that he has for them. Cover to cover. It's about deliverance and a song of freedom, a song of breakthrough. And friends, we're kind of between those bookends. We're here in this kingdom age where we're experiencing the kingdom of God is here. It's this already but not yet reality. It's that tension of praise and lament. And in that space, we're invited to sing a new song, to sing a song of deliverance, to proclaim his goodness, to proclaim his grace. And as we sing new songs, even in that place of tension, I believe that breakthrough is going to happen. Will you stand with me tonight? God, we are so grateful that you desire to write the soundtrack for our lives. God, we thank you that no matter what has been sung over us in the past, that you have a new song for us. Lord, I pray right now for those who just feel maybe like they're in a dry season, maybe like they're kind of stuck, maybe like they're tired of the soundtrack that they've been listening to, but they're not sure how to hit the fast forward button. God, I pray that tonight you would release a new song within the hearts of your people. God, I pray that you would show us even how to exchange any old songs for new songs. God, I pray that you would be the one to source the music of our lives. God, I pray that you would bring us into this space, God, where we can even be comfortable expressing to you the tension that we are walking through, where we're praising you for the victories that you, that you have brought us into, where we're thanking you, God, that you have lifted us out of the pit, but yet, God, we are still crying out for a continual ongoing deliverance in places of struggle or hardship or strife. God, you are faithful. God, I pray that you will give us songs in the night. I pray that you will give us songs in the morning. God, I pray that you will give us songs to carry through. And Lord, I pray that there would be an overflow that comes from our lives, Lord Jesus, that draws others into, into, into just communion with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, that there would be such a sweet song that flows from the lives of your people that others would be drawn into your presence to know that you are good, to know that you are faithful, to know that you are the deliverer, that you free us from sin and you free us from shame. And you do, oh God, you set our feet upon solid ground. You steady us for each new day. So Lord, we worship you and we praise you tonight. And God, we ask you to birth something new, a new sound and a new song from your people. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this special bonus podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram, or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.